Lord, we bless your name, Lord. We just say we welcome you in this place this morning. Lord, we declare our need for you, our love for you, Jesus. You're worthy. You're welcome in this place. Lord, we love you, Jesus. As we continue to worship this morning, come on, just let your heart, Lord, connect with the Father this morning. He loves us so much. Just as I am, I come. 
bless you, Jesus. No one like our God, amen. We're going to sing that last part one more time, but before I sing that, you know, sometimes we get comfortable, not just in our Christian walk, but life in general, but specifically our Christian walk, you know, and we forget sometimes we still need to come back to Him. You know what? And even with all our mistakes, all our failures, everything that we bring, we can come just as we are, amen? So we say, thank you, Jesus, just as I am. Come on, lift your voice and say, Hallelujah. Oh, come on, let the Lord hear you this morning as we tell him thank you. We say, Lord, thank you, Jesus, just as I am, I come. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Just love on him in this place this morning. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you. Oh, God. There's no one like our God. No one like our God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, just as I am, I come. so much. Lord, we love you so much. Jesus. Come on, just slip your hands to heaven all over this house this morning. Begin to tell him how much you love him. Forget about your neighbor for just a minute. Begin to tell him, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that I made it here safely this morning. I thank you that I have breath in my lungs to give you back love and worship and praise. King of kings and Lord of lords, we bless you, Jesus. Come on, somebody lift your voice and begin to just praise him in his place this morning. Lord, we love you, Jesus. of your presence, oh God. 
to be in the presence of the Lord. You know, the, the Bible says the mountains will melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. That means any mountains, anything that seems bigger than God today, we get in his presence, the enemy will get smaller and smaller and all God will get bigger and bigger. And I'm in. You know, our altar team's coming up right now. We're going to have a prayer time in the middle of worship. So if you want prayer for anything, you need healing in your body, you want to grieve for something. But the scripture that stuck with me for the weekend is where Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. You know, when you become a Christian, you no longer have to walk in darkness. I mean that those blinders fall off your eyes and sin doesn't have control over you anymore. But you know, even as Christians, there's times we go through dark times. Matter of fact, I've noticed the older I get, uh, the words on the page are a little harder to read if the light gets dim. You turn the lights on and get them bright. Oh, I can see it now. But you know, you might need somebody to pray with. You might be in a situation where you need some wisdom we need some grace. We need some patience. You just need the light to shine on that situation. And you just you need God's help. And so come and agree with somebody. Whatever your need is, we'll agree with you. But otherwise, let's just get back in the presence of the Lord and let those mountains melt today.
this morning. All glory belongs to the Lord. Come on, let's give him a real clap of praise in this place this morning. You're worthy, Jesus. And why don't you turn around to the neighbor and greet him and tell him a happy hour to see him in the house of the Lord this morning. Welcome to Church on the Rock. We're so happy you're here worshiping with us today. In the chair back in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church. Our inside look lets you know everything about who we are and what we believe in. Our ministry guide gives you plenty of ways to get connected through classes, small groups, and outreach opportunities. If you are a first-time guest, please fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you, drop it in the offering, or you can take it across the hall to the Connect Room where you will receive a free gift bag. Don't forget about our coffee bar and snacks between Sunday services in the Connect Cafe. So glad you're here, and we hope you know that there's always a place for you at Church on the Rock. According to Google Trends, during Easter week, the word church is Googled more that week than any other week of the year, including Christmas. There's something about the power of Jesus' death and resurrection that makes even the most skeptic person listen. We urge you to take advantage of this Easter opportunity and want to give you every chance to reach out to the family and friends in your life that you've been praying and believing will come to the Lord. We have crosses located on the walls of the sanctuary where you can write the names of people you want to see come to the Lord so we can be praying for them. On your way out today, pick up some of our Easter invites in the foyer. You can hand out to friends, family, or strangers. Also this year, we have invite door hangers, an easy way to invite your neighbors by simply hanging an invite on the door. 
Join us in seeing lives change this Easter. Amen. Welcome to Church on the Rock. You're doing good today? Amen. Well, we are glad that you're here. Hey, real quick, we want to release velocity. Uh, the slide's not going to go up, so y'all can go ahead and get up and go to the back. If you're in 6th, 7th, or 8th grade, this is just uh, our ministry for our junior high kids. Give it up for them as they're going to the back. Amen. I think we have a baby dedication. Amen. Would you tell us your name and who we're dedicating today? I'm, I'm Jessica, and this is Trey, my husband. What's your name? What's your name? James. All right, James. Amen. Pauline. And what's her name again? Harmony. Harmony. Amen. Do well, you mind if I hold her? You want me to hold you, or we just want to pray for you? I know Pastor John's not here today. I mean, but, uh, but let, what we're doing, and Pastor John reminds us, this is more than the baby dedication. This is a family dedication. Where we're just dedicating ourselves to watch over this sweet little girl. And, but we're going to believe more than that, that God's going to watch over her. Angels are going to watch over her. And as a church family, we just want to help her know Jesus at a very young age and serve him all the days of her life. Amen. So just stretch your hands out. Let's pray for this little one. Father, we thank you for this family as we pray and just bless this little girl, this precious little girl. Lord, we declare health over her. We declare blessings over her. Lord, and we just thank you, Lord, that your hand will be upon her. She'll not have to deal with sickness or anything. Bless these, these other children and this family, Lord. We just dedicate them to you, and we thank you for your grace and goodness on this family, Lord. Your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. We dedicate her to the Lord. Amen. Amen. We got another little baby we just want to introduce. We're going to wait till her family gets here. And what's his name? Leland. Leland. When her family gets here, we're going to dedicate him. You be blessed, Leland. Amen. God bless you. Well, God bless you, everybody. All right. This one's Jay? Jay Rail. All right. Amen. Well, we got a few things going on this week. Here you are, Pastor Travis. We got Easter coming up. We do. We have Easter coming up. How many people are excited about that? Awesome. We are believing Easter weekend there's going to be 2,000 people here. And not just people here, but we're believing a lot of people are going to be saved. And if you see the crosses all over the sanctuary, we encourage you, people that you want to see come to church that weekend and get saved, write their name on there. We're going to be praying uh, for them as a staff this week. And we're just believing God's going to do some amazing things. Matter of fact, we have prayer tonight, corporate prayer. We're going to be praying specifically for that at 6 o'clock from 6 to 7. Also, if you need a miracle, we've been seeing miracles happen on those Sunday night prayers. And and just a chance to sit in his presence and hear the Lord and, and just see God move in a powerful way. That's tonight at 6 o'clock. You know, we got one other thing coming up. We are wanting to train our volunteers. So we're having a, 
uh, a training meeting right after service at 1215. That's altar workers, ushers, greeters, parking lot. But we're trying to add some people, uh, especially for Easter, out in the parking lot and just helping anywhere. So if you have an interest to serve and maybe you haven't got involved yet and you want to see some opportunities to serve, if you can come to that meeting right after church, it won't last too long, at 1215. We call that our dream team. So if we want to be part of the dream team and help make everything that happens on a weekend from our worship to our greeters and parking lot, make it a special weekend, uh, you can come be a part of that. And also, right after Easter, big family night service. Uh, it's going to be on Wednesday, no small groups that night. Everybody's coming together, youth and children, and baptisms that night. We're believing all those people that get saved on Easter Sunday will be baptized. But if you haven't been baptized, man, pray about coming on that Wednesday night and just a great celebration service. Amen? We'll continue to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings. You know, there's three things. When you return your tithe to the Lord, that 10% to the Lord, what you're doing, first of all, you're being obedient. Say obedient. It's good to be obedient, and God blesses obedience. The other thing you do when you return that tithe, you're saying, I trust you, God, that somehow when I release this 10% back to you, I'm trusting you that my 90% can make it farther than my 100% on my own. 90% blessed by God goes a whole lot farther than 100 or 110%. And so what you're doing is you're saying, I trust God. But lastly, it says you give to the storehouse, that there may be meat in the house. And when you give to the storehouse, thank God those that do, there's meat in this house. Today, Pastor Travis is going to bring the meat, the Word of God. But not just meat for us to feed us spiritually, but literally meat for our community. We help people all the time and meet overseas. We just had a team come back from Rwanda who went and did conferences and shared their life and testimonies and, and prayed for miracles over in Rwanda. We uh, just this week are sending $640 uh, to Haiti, and that's just those little cans you guys turn in uh, from your change. So grab one of those little cans, put your loose change in there, and that can feed a, a lot of children for a long time in Haiti. And we just had a team come back from Mexico. They drilled water wells. Can you imagine not having fresh water? And just the testimony that can do. Let's see a word here uh, from a couple guys that were down in Mexico on the water wells. Well, Jason, it's day two here in Atoya. We had a great day yesterday. What happened? Well, when we first got there, uh, the people met us, came out, and were really happy to see us. They showed us where they wanted a well. We hit water. It was great. It was great. And one day, a complete well was was established. People went away happy. We're happy. We're going to try to do it again today. I want to say a special thanks to John Miller from Church on the Rock, Texarkana, for bringing these guys, allowing these guys to come and bring fresh water to the needy people of Mexico. We're going to do it again today. All right. Amen. I think that's worth a hand clap. God bless you as you give today. Thousand stories of a walk. Think you're like old, but I the tender whispers of love.
some praise this morning. Awesome. Look at your neighbor and tell them that God is good. Amen. You can be seated. Hey, one time, can we give it up for the worship team every week? Just leading us into the presence of the Lord. We're just blessed to have them. And hey, again, we are so happy that you're here hanging out with us on this Palm Sunday. Amen. Next weekend is Easter, and it's going to be amazing. But my name is Travis. I'm excited to be bringing the word today. I'm the next generation pastor here. I've been here about 10 years. It's crazy, and uh, just happy to be here. Again, we want to keep Pastor John and Miss Linnell in our prayers. They're out of town right now, just having a great time getting refreshed and connecting with one another. They will be back next week for our Easter weekend. We want to make sure that you're here. And uh, also, real quick, if you have any friends or family that are not connected, to a church, invite them to Easter weekend. It's a great opportunity opportunity for them to get connected to God. And listen, God changes lives, and God can use us to do that. So when you leave, we have a few invite cards in the back. If you want to grab one, give it out. We have some door hangers, but let's be a part of what Jesus is going to do next week. Amen? Amen. Well, again, so glad that you're here. And uh, again, y'all are looking good. And how many people know that church and Christianity is fun? Listen, if you don't have fun being a Christian, man, there's something wrong with you, right? You're doing it wrong if you're not having fun being a Christian. So being a Christian is fun. It's, it's awesome to walk in joy and peace and walk in the fullness that God has for us, right? It really is. And so today we're going to have some fun. We're going to look into the Word of the Lord. And if you can help me out while I'm preaching, man, I would be much obliged. Amen? So uh, holler at your boy, and we'll move through this, and it'll be good. Awesome. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 8. Looking at just a good story in the Bible, starting in verse 22. But how many people know that the Bible is for us today? It's not just an old book. It's not just an old historical book. It's just not a book that you just leave at your house to let people know that you do have a Bible. It's a book of truth. It's a book of life, but it's God's love letter to us. And so every time we open it, we know that there's truth inside of it. And I believe that today God is going to just speak to us and show us what he has for us. Um, And through this story, he's going to show us what we need today. How many people know that we serve a God that meets our needs? He really does. He knows what you need. He knows what I need. And listen, there's a lot of people out here today. I don't know everybody's story. I don't know if you're doing really well right now in your life. 
I don't know if things are going great or things are going not so great. I don't know if, if you're on top of the mountain right now or you're in the valley, if you're going through some obstacles, if you're having relationship problems. I don't know if you're running low on faith or some joy or peace. But what I do know is God knows, God sees us, God cares, and God will meet us where we're at. How many people are glad that God meets us where we're at, not where maybe we should be? He meets us where we're at. He loves us. The Bible says that Christ died for us before or while we were still sinners. And listen, he today wants us to go higher, right? He wants to take us higher. And we're going to jump into this story. It's going to have truth for us today that we can apply right now to our life. But before we jump into this text, can we pray? Amen. I hope so. We're in church, right? Let's pray together. So, Lord, we love you. We bless you. We thank you that you're faithful even when we're faithless. God, today, would you increase our faith? Would you help us? Lord, today, it's not about anything but you. It's not about the communicator, the communicator, but it's about the word that's going forth. It's your word. And we ask today that it would not return void, that you would help us. And uh, just let us leave this place better followers. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 26, it says this, And they came to Bethsaida, say Bethsaida. This is Jesus and the disciples. And some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the village. And when he had spit, say spit. Look at your neighbor and say spit. Look at your other neighbor and say, Jesus spit on this guy. Okay. He spit on his eyes, and he laid his hands on him, and he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up, and he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. And then Jesus laid his hands again, and he opened his eyes, and the sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Last verse, and he sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. Okay, this is a cool story, a cool Jesus miracle story. And I challenge you, if, if maybe you don't have a daily Bible reading guide, we have some in the back, but just start in the Gospels. Read about the ministry of Jesus, okay? He does some amazing things, and this story is, is a good story. And uh, I have a quick story. I can remember a few months ago, Whitney and I, my wife's down here, wave at everyone, Whitney. She's hanging out. My wife and I, we have two kids. We have a boy, Gabriel, who's two and a half. We have a girl, Aslan, who's nine months old. And how many people know when you go to a special occasion, you want your kids to act right? Anybody in here? How many people want your kids always to act right? Uh-huh. Yeah, you do. We're at this wedding. We're having a good time. It's Pastor John's daughter, uh, Jessica, just got married, and, and we're hanging out with our kids, and they're dressed up at this wedding, and they're looking good, and, and we're meeting people, and we're talking to old friends, and we're having a good time. And I can remember this particular couple comes up to us, and we haven't seen them in a long time. They hadn't uh, been introduced to our kids, so we're introducing them to our kids. This is Gabriel. This is Aslan, and they're kind of, you know, hey, they look so cute. And Gabriel at this time thinks it would be a great idea in this moment to show off his spitting skills, okay? How many parents in here just can't control your kids sometimes? And you're just like, oh my gosh. And I'm looking at Whitney, I'm like, why did you teach him how to spit? Come on. I'm just kidding. I'll probably get in trouble for that. But we kind of, you know, we're like, dang, Gabe. And Gabe got it all over his face and got it on me, got it on this lady who was being super nice to him. And she was a good sport about it. But let's be honest, spit's pretty gross, especially if you get spit on. You know what I mean? And so this story Jesus is talking about, he spits on this guy not once but twice. And I want us to kind of look at this in a few minutes. But today we have five points. And within this story, several things stick out to me. 
And the hope is, as we look at this story and really break it down, that something touches us, an aspect of our life is touched by the truth that's in this gospel. How many people know that we need truth? We need truth today. We need truth in our life. And maybe right now, again, you're running low on faith. Listen, God wants to give you in here a a greater measure of faith. Maybe you're in here and you're going through trials and obstacles. Listen, friend, this is a great place for you to be because God wants to take you from where you are to the next level. He wants you to go higher. He wants to do a blessing in your life. And the purpose of this message for all of us in here, whether you've been saved a day or 50 years, is that we would all grow, we would get closer to God, we would mature, and we would go to the next level that God has for our life. Amen? Listen, I find it so easily sometimes in our Christian walk, we love God, but sometimes our walk with God can get a little stagnant. Sometimes our walk with God, we can lose some passion for serving Him. Check it out. God is calling all of us in here to grow, to go deeper, and to leave these doors a little more changed than when we came in, a little more ready to do what God wants us to do. So can we believe today that God's going to help us be a better follower today than we were yesterday? Amen. So that's the goal. Before we hit on these five points that I think are really going to be impactful, the first thing that I want us all to look at is the place that this incredible story takes place that the disciples and Jesus go to, and this place is called Bethsaida. Okay, Bethsaida was a city, if you're familiar with Israel, it's just east of Jerusalem. It was a Jewish city. It was a religious city where Jesus uh, has been before. And one of the things I want us to draw our attention to is Jesus has been to this particular place before. His encounter with this blind man was not the first time he had been to Bethsaida, but yet he had been there before. And if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 9, I'm going to read a couple verses uh, that just back this up. And the Bible declares this, on their return, talking about Jesus and his disciples, the apostles told him all that they had done, and he took them and he withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. And if you read the rest of, of the few verses, basically Jesus teaches them the day gets long, and what happens is the disciples come to Jesus and say, we got to let them go back home because it's time for them to eat. What does Jesus say? Let's do something about it. So Jesus takes up a collection, finds a few fish and a couple loaves of bread, and he multiplies it, and he feeds 5,000. That great miracle took place in Bethsaida. If you look at Luke 144, we find out that in Bethsaida, this same place, that the apostle Andrew, Peter, and Philip, that was their birthplace. That's where they're from. This place is a place, Bethsaida, that Jesus did several miracles. This was also a place where this blind man is that he encounters in our, in our text today. But look what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. This is after the miracle of the blind eyes. Let's look what Jesus says about this particular city. Verse 20 says this. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. He says, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works were done and you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth sackcloth and ashes, but I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. Here's what we need to understand about this city. Jesus has been there before. He's ministered there before. He's done miracles there before, yet he says that they are very disobedient. In fact, he says they're rebellious. And it's pretty interesting the language that Jesus uses. He says it will be worse for you on the day of judgment than Tyre and Sidon than it will be uh, for anybody else. Basically, because, and if you look at Tyre and Sidon, Tyre and Sidon were kind of like a modern day Sodom and Gomorrah for them, a bad place. And he says, this place, I'm going to judge more. And here's the reason why, because he expected more from them because he had done more there. Are we following this? 
So Jesus has been there before. They're disobedient people. You know, I used to think if God with just his towering voice just one day, just on a Tuesday, would just shout down, I am God, there's a real God, like there would be no more haters out there. You know what I mean? No more atheists, no more agnostic people, everybody would believe. But the more I read the Bible, the more I see God would do mighty works, but people still would not turn from their sin and follow God. It's pretty interesting. See, the problem that I think with Bethsaida is that they were an experience-driven city. They liked Jesus to do things for them, yet they never walked it out in obedience. Look, we have a Christian culture today that we're real good at going to church, but do we walk out of the doors with obedience? Amen? Let's think about it. Look, the litmus test for us, you know, receiving the message is not, you know, Pastor John preached a good message and we rationally agreed with it and he had some good scriptures and he made some good points and he had some good stories wrapped around it and he was funny and we leave this place and and it was just good. The litmus test is that we heard the word of God and it changes our life and and it promotes us or provokes us rather to actually live in obedience. Amen? It's not that we just read the Bible and we believe the Bible. It's do we follow what the Bible says. These people in Bethsaida loved what Jesus did. They believed what he did, yet it never propelled them to actually walk it out in obedience. So that's kind of where we are. So let's recap. Jesus and his disciples, they go to this rebellious city. He's been there before. They bring him this blind man, and they say, heal our friend. Jesus takes him outside of the city. He spits a few times. The first time, he can't really see people very good. The second time, he sees clearly. Then Jesus tells the man, okay, look, do not go back to that city. All right, that's our backdrop. Are you with me? Amen. Here we go. So we're going to look at five points today that kind of back up this story that I believe are going to help us right now where we are in our life. How many people need, you know, God to help them out right now? Listen, I'll raise both hands. I need God to help me in some aspects of my life. I need to grow. I need to mature. And I think these points today are going to help us all, okay? So here's our first point as we look at this story. The people of Bethsaida, they want Jesus, but they want Jesus on their own terms. They want him, but they want him on their own terms. Like I said before, he's fed 5,000 people there, but still the people would not turn from their sin. So Jesus comes back, and what do they want? Of course, they want their friend healed. Isn't it interesting that they don't want to follow God? They just want God to help them out when they need it. Come on. Think about your own life for a second. Are we following God, or do we want God just to get us out of jams? Are we following God, or do we just want God to bless us? Do we just want God to put the relationship back together? Do we just want God to give us that great job? Listen, it's okay to want all of those things, but do we want God just to give us stuff, or do we want Him for Him? Because there's a difference. There's a difference between just wanting God to bless our life, and there's a difference between that and just, I want God. I need God. I need God just in my life. I need a relationship with him. Look, the problem that I have sometimes and the problem that I see with people around me is we want Jesus, but we want Jesus on our own terms. I will follow you, God, if you do this for me. I will go all in, God, if you do this to me. I'll start going to church every week, God, if this happens. Or if you don't let someone find out about this, God, I will sell out to you and and be all about it. It's like we're the ones that set the parameters for how involved Jesus can be in our life. Look, Jesus, you can have Sunday and you can have Wednesday, but I got my family. Like, we're good. 
God, you can have Sunday and Wednesday in my small group, but God, I got my career. Like, I don't really need you in this area. I'm going to take care of it. I mean, if you could bless it every once in a while, that would be great. You know, give me a promotion, but I'm going to take care of this. God, uh, with, with my job, with my money, I kind of got my finances. They're my finances. If you could bless, if I could get a check in the mail, hello, that would be great, God, but I'm going to kind of do and spend like I want to. Friend, if that's our relationship with God, we just say, God, come in to these areas, but not these areas. We're selling ourselves short. That was the people of Bethsaida. We need our friend healed. We need some fish and bread, but we got it from here, you know? God, we'll handle the day-to-day. And listen, God, if that's us, that's okay, but God wants us to go higher right now. Listen, that's a, that's a shallow end. God wants us to go deeper in. Look, how many people in here, like, have that friend? I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, I got a friend. I got a friend. I'm going to call them my-term friends, okay? You got a my-term friend. You might be sitting by them. Who knows? But you got a friend, and every time they need you, they're calling you, they're texting you, they're sending you an email, they're sending a pigeon, they're calling your mom, they're calling your work. They want to get a hold of you. Can you watch my kids? Can you help me move? Can you help me do this? Anybody got a friend like that? But then when you need them, where are they at? They don't answer their phone. They don't show up like they were supposed to. You know what I mean? They need money all the time. Never want to take you out to eat. Come on. Listen, some of y'all sitting by them, right? And they think you're that friend and you think they're that friend. Listen, here's the deal. Is that our relationship with God? God, bless me, help me, give me, but I'm going to do me. When I need you, I'll let you know. Listen, that's not relationship. That's a joke. We need to grow. We need to mature. We need to let God into every aspect of our life. Amen? I want to encourage you, let him in. Here's our second point today. Sometimes you don't get what you ask for. Look at your neighbor and say, sometimes you just don't get it. Think about it. Do you think that the blind man wanted to be healed? Yes. Okay. We can agree on that. Do you think he wanted to go on a hiking trip outside of the city? No, he's blind, okay? Do you think he wanted Jesus to spit on him two times? Bro, I just want to be healed. You taking me on a Boy Scout trip and spitting in my eyes. Of course not, right? See, I think a lot of times we have this misconception of who God really is. God is not a genie. Come on. Jesus didn't come to make wishes come true. He came to change our life. He came to give us a new life. He came to restore us. He didn't come to just sprinkle some stuff on your life and move on. He wants to change every aspect. It's called, it's called sanctification. He wants us to be more like him. And for that to happen, we've got to be fully committed. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've prayed for things that didn't come true. And you can get the tendency when this happens to get mad at God. God, I pray for this job. I pray for this relationship, and it didn't happen. And you can have the tendency to get mad at God. You can have the tendency to say, well, maybe God doesn't care. Maybe God doesn't exist. Maybe I'm not doing this thing right. But we have to understand that God cares so much more about us than even we do. He loves us. And sometimes we pray prayers that maybe don't line up with what God wants to do in our life right now. Listen, we see this bit. He sees the whole thing. And so there's an old country song, Garth Brooks, I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. Anybody in here? Some of y'all were like jamming to that this morning. It's a good song, right? 
and we think we know best, and we get upset sometimes when God doesn't do what we asked him to do. Again, like God's not our kid. God's not our fairy tale. God is holy. He's sovereign, and he has a plan. You know, I can remember back in high school, uh, anybody in here that you're out of high school, because if you're in high school, this doesn't, like, you're out of high school, and you have, like, dreams or nightmares, rather, of being, like, back in high school. Maybe that's just me. I'm like, Lord, I'm glad I'm not in high school again. Come on. I can remember my junior or senior year uh, waiting to get into class and then going into this class and, and kind of talking to my friends. The bell rings, and we're kind of still chit-chatting for a few minutes, and, and the teacher says, okay, clear your desks. We got a test. How many people have ever had a test and you didn't study for the test because you didn't even know there was a test? This is what's going on. And so all of a sudden I had this freak-out moment, like, oh, my gosh. I'm going to fail. I'm not going to be able to play sports. My parents are going to kill me. And this kind of fight or flight rises up inside of you. You know what I mean? Do I just leave? Do I just sneak out? Will she notice? Am I sick right now? And so I did the best I could do. And so I just thought, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to pray. Right? Prayer is good. So I start to pray. I'm like, Lord, help me. I need you. You know, I hadn't talked to you in like six months, but I need you right now. Help me. Help me make an A on this test. Help me at least pass. Amen. And so I got the test, and I had this confidence that God was going to take care of me because I spent a few minutes with him, and I took this test, handed it back. A few days later, I get my grade. Guys, I failed. <laughs> surprise, surprise, right? Listen, and, and I can remember thinking, God, how, how are you going to let me down like that? Where are you at? Listen, that's what I was praying for, but God was helping me out. He was trying to help me out with this thing called hard work. Amen? Listen, a, a lot of times we want God to do one thing in our life, but God is set on the whole part of our character, the whole part of who we are, and not just on the temporary thing that we think that we may need. Listen to me. God cares about us. His interest is in us. He has, you know, the Bible says that he bought us with a price. Like he has an investment in us. And so he's going to see, he wants to see the investment come to the full purpose that it could, you know? So think about it. We pray all the time for God to bless us, but what if God's blessing doesn't look like what we think it should look like? God, I need a financial breakthrough. I need you to send me some money. And then like the next day, God's telling you to give some money to somebody else. God, whoa, like you're not hearing me. I need money. God's trying to work some selfishness out of us, right? Or maybe, you know, we're saying, God, I need this job, I need this promotion, but maybe in this time in your life, God wants to give you a little humility. Come on, that's harder to swallow, but God is wanting to look, and he does look at our full character. I thank God that he gives me what I need, not just what I want, right? He's a good father. So God is going to do things his way, not our way. Wouldn't it have been super easy for the man who, who, you know, wanted to be healed for Jesus just to heal him, but he didn't. See, there was a plan, and a lot of time the plan that God has for our life is through a process, and that's where trust comes in. Let me ask you today, do you really trust God? Do you trust him? Think about it. Maybe some of you in here, you're, you're upset because you have been praying for different things, and, and they haven't happened yet. I want to encourage you, number one, keep praying. Keep praying. Keep being persistent. God loves us to be persistent. But here's a second thought. Maybe we're praying the wrong things sometimes. Maybe it's selfish. Maybe it's inwardly focused. You know, uh, it's good always to go back. I tell the youth this all the time. It's good to go back and just walk through the Lord's prayer. And most of that is outwardly focused at first. I want God, your kingdom to come in just how it wants to come. 
Again, I feel like a lot of times if we're not careful, we have this prayer, God, I want to know your will for my life. Listen, we just need to know God. Not just what he has for us, but if I know God and I know his character, I know that he's going to take care of me. Amen? Let's pursue God. The more we know God, the more we can trust God and the more we know that we can, you know, put our faith in him. Here's our third point. The Bible's good. Amen? The Bible's just good. Here's number three. He leads the man outside of the town. Why? Well, this is why we kind of looked at the background of the city. This city is rebellious. This city is bad. Look, sometimes to be the person that God wants you to be, sometimes to be the person that ultimately you want to be, God has to change your environment. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to change your environment. See, sometimes we're dealing, what we're dealing with is a direct consequence of where we live. Look, Maybe some of us in here, we're dealing with some drama in our life. We're dealing with sexual perversion or laziness. Maybe it's because we put ourselves in positions where that's all around us and we are just becoming a byproduct of that environment that we are surrounding ourselves with. Think about it. If you want to change, get out of the environment that's conducive to your compromise. We have to do this. Look, so many people want breakthrough in their life, but they never want to leave the city that's causing you to be dysfunctional to begin with. People don't want to leave the situation that's causing dysfunction because a lot of times it's comfortable. These are my friends. This is where I live. But if you want to go higher, you've got to get out of the place that's conducive to compromise. Think about it. Maybe you're in here and you're dealing with a lack of faith. We all had times in our Christian walk where our faith is high or our faith is low sometimes. Here's the question. Are you surrounding yourself with people of little faith? If you want to have a lot of faith and you're surrounding yourself with people of little faith, guess which one you're probably going to have? Think about this. Maybe you're dealing with relationship problems. Question, are the main influences in your life when it comes to relationships, are they people that have been in and out of relationships so many times in their life, and that's who we're surrounding ourselves with? If you want to have a healthy relationship, your, your seven best friends that you talk to don't need to be in and out of relationships every six months. Come on. Maybe you're in here and, you know, you're having a problem with your kids. They're being rebellious. They're being rude. They're being whatever question, are they hanging around other kids that are doing the same thing? They're disruptive to their parents. They're, they're disrespectful. Listen, or maybe the TV's on and, and it's causing them to act like this. Listen, we've got to get out of the situation that's causing us to, to fall away from God or not to be as close as God as possible. Check it out. If the man doesn't leave the city, the man doesn't get healed. Jesus wanted us to understand the environment that we live in normally dictates the fruit that we produce in our life. The environment that you are in will dictate the fruit that you produce in your life. Listen, if your cell phone is causing you to look at porn, get a new cell phone. If your television is causing you to be lazy and to be a bad parent and to be disengaged from God, turn the television off. Listen, if you've got some friends in your life that are pulling you away from God, believe me, God will bring you some new friends. Listen, if you're in a relationship right now with a boyfriend or girlfriend and they're pulling you away from God, listen, God's got something better for you. If you're in here and you're 18 years old and you're out of high school and living with your parents causes drama, move out, right? And all the parents said, amen. See you later, right? Look, are you in a, a bad environment right now? And listen, I have to check myself all the time. Man, what am I watching? What am I listening to? What people am I surrounding myself with? Listen, and I'm not saying, listen to me, 
that the church doesn't go reach out to lost people and the church doesn't go love people. I'm going to hit on that in a second. But the main influences in your life, if they aren't following God, if they don't have faith, come on, you're not going to. We need to put ourselves in a position to get close to God. And I just want to challenge some people. You know, we have a lot of small groups and home groups that are going on where you can get connected with people that are wanting to go the same direction as you. Come on. I think true friendship is people in the same boat paddling the same direction. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Here's our fourth, fourth point this morning. The blind man follows what he can't see. Let me say it again. The blind man follows what he can't see. He's blind, okay? When I picture this in my mind, I picture him staying really close to Jesus. You know what I mean? Listen, if you want to do great things for God, if you want your faith to go to the next level, you need to stay real close to Jesus. Isn't it interesting that this blind man follows Jesus he can't even see, which tells me this man had a lot of faith. Let me ask you today, do you have faith? Will you trust him to lead you? Will you trust him to lead you even if it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like? Look, I find it so interesting. As Christians, a lot of times we have faith in big things, but sometimes a lack of faith in smaller things. Think about it. We believe as followers of Christ that if we put our trust in Jesus because he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose again three days later, we believe if we repent of those sins and turn and follow him, that God has prepared a place for us that we get to spend eternity with him. Would we agree with that? Amen. So we trust him in that area, but sometimes in smaller areas, directions, job, finances, we don't trust him. It makes no sense. Great faith in one area, small faith in the other. God wants us to have faith in every single area. Amen? You realize that Jesus could have opened this guy's eyes and then let him outside. But he didn't. A lot of times in our walk with God, listen, faith is walking behind Jesus, even when you don't know which direction he's going. Faith is even God, when I don't understand what you're doing, I'm going to keep following you. We walk by faith, not by Side. Look, if you have to see every move that God's going to make, you know, before he makes it, before you make it, you will never fully follow God. Faith is saying, I may not know what God ultimately is going to do with my life. He's, I don't know what exactly he's going to do through me. I don't know what career path I'm, I'm really going to go or what relationship he's going to bring me. But ultimately, I trust the one leading me. I trust him. I don't have to trust my circumstance. I don't have to trust my ability, but I can trust him that he is going to lead me out. And if I just follow him, things are going to be okay. Some of you in here, the word for you today is just, I just need to follow him. I need to spend time with him. I need to pray. I need to stop being just on my term Christian and I need to follow him. Look, why do people check out from God or fall away from God or backslide when something doesn't go their way? The answer is, a lot of times we have little faith. Listen, we follow Jesus because of Jesus. And I hear people say all the time, well, what, what's, what's the long-term results? What's the reward for following Jesus? If I go 100% in, put all my faith in him, am I going to get the perfect family and the perfect house and, and a, big, a big house and, you know, four cars and all this? And, you know, maybe. But the reward for following Jesus is Jesus. That's it. He's the reward. We get him. And if you have some other ulterior motive, then you're doing this thing wrong. We get him. We get life. We get eternity. We get salvation. We get forgiveness. And that's all we need. Everything else is just the cherry on top. You know what I mean? I want the ice cream and the whipped cream. That's just the rest. God is good and he cares for us. 
Friend, I encourage you, put all your trust in him. Listen, God's choice of leading us a lot of times is completely by faith, following what you can't see and understand sometimes. But we can trust him. We can trust his character. His promises, the Bible says, are yes and amen. The Bible says that he's not a man that he should lie. He can't lie or he wouldn't be God. Listen, just for a second, I want to hit this faith thing just, just for another second. I think a lot of times we understand this concept of faith, but sometimes we have faith in the wrong things. Turn with me real fast to John chapter 5, and I don't have time to get too far into this, but I want you to see this concept. Very familiar passage. It says this, After this, there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. Say Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time in the pool. He stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already had been in this condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, Yes, or sir, I have no means to be put in the pool. When the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps in before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed and walked. Great story. Great miracle story. I'll be honest, I've heard this story so many times. I've always had problems with it as I read it because I thought this is so contradictory to the whole Bible. Only one person gets healed, you know. The Bible talks about whosoever will. Whosoever will will be saved. Whosoever will can be healed. And so if you really look at this, and I've read some good commentaries, and I've heard messages preached on this before, but there's a lot of even Bible translations that leave out that part that says an angel. Listen, this angel that's referred to in the Bible is not an angel of God. Throughout the Bible, every time God sends an angel, it says an angel of the Lord. This never says Lord. This just says an angel, okay? So here's the deal. Most translations, they, a lot of them, they take that out because they don't want you to think that this is an angel sent by God. What's interesting is in the early 19th century, we had some European excavators, archaeologists that went to this place. They found this pool of Bethesda. They found, you know, the sheep bins and they found the porticos. And what was interesting at this exact pool, they found a shrine to the Greek god called Asclepius. okay? Asclepius was the Greek god of healing. They believed that he was a god that healed. You remember the Greeks had all sorts of false gods, okay? They believed he had this, this staff, this kind of rod. It had a snake around it, and when he touched water, that it made it kind of like a healing presence. And if you got in the water first, you were healed. And actually today, even in our country, the symbol for modern medicine, you can throw this up here, this goes all the way back to Greek mythology. Here's what I want us to understand. Multitudes of people are at this shrine right outside of Jerusalem at this pool called Bethesda, worshiping this false god, hoping that the water would ripple and they would run down there and get healed. Jesus shows up and nobody's being healed. What does Jesus do? He heals the man. I find that amazing. He goes to a false god shrine of healing and nobody being healed and he heals the man. Here's what I want us to point out. This man and these people at this place had a great amount of faith but faith in something that was never going to happen. And I feel like so many times people in our culture, people even in our pews, we have faith in things, but in reality, these things will never amount to much. Listen, if your faith is just in yourself, just in your money, just in your ability, just in your skill, just in who you know, friend, those things are not going to last. 
The faith has to be in Him. Listen, are you putting your faith in something that it shouldn't be in? Do you have more faith in what you can do and more faith in your job and more faith in your nest egg than you do in God? Listen, it's God that gives us ability to make money. It's in God that we get all good things. Our faith is in Him, right? The dollars that are in your pocket are backed by nothing. We realize this, right? There, there, is, no, there is no gold that backs that. It's a piece of paper. We have faith that it's worth something. Listen, our faith doesn't need to be in that. It needs to be in God, amen? Here's our final point today is Nick and the band are coming up. This story's good, amen? Final point. Jesus wants the man and his disciples to see people correctly. Jesus leads the man outside of the city. He spits on him. He says, what do you see? The man said, I see men like trees. Jesus spits on him again, and the guy says, I see things clearly. Look, I believe the whole point of this story was for the disciples to understand that they need to see people correctly. Look, how many people regularly walk by trees and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best tree in the world. This is the best tree. Come on, it's a tree. It's a pine tree. It's in your backyard. I mean, unless it's like a big tree, a cool looking tree, a redwood tree, who really cares? You just walk by them all the time. And I think the disciples, as they traveled with Jesus and they did miracles and Jesus did all this stuff, I think the disciples lost sight of what the ministry was all about. The ministry was about people. And I believe the disciples were seeing people like trees, just objects that you walk by. Listen, I think Jesus wanted these disciples then and the disciples now, which is us, to have a passion for people. The mission is people. God wants us to love and have affection for people. He wants us to see people around us, to quit being selfish, to quit just looking at ourselves, and to see and care for people. Look, I don't know if you're in here and you're following like the primaries and all that stuff, the election. I'll be honest, I'm so sick and tired of this stuff, you know? My, my undergrad is in political science and I can't stand this stuff right now. And it's like so many people are trying to polarize so many different groups. They want you mad at this group or this group, you know, and it just frustrates me. You know, the Republicans hate grandmas, they hate minorities, and the Democrats, man, they hate small business and they hate freedom of speech. It makes me so mad. And it's like we have this spirit in our culture that wants us to hate one another. Jesus wants us to love one another. And listen, I want to challenge you for the next six months, even during this election season. Listen, it doesn't matter the letter that you like, the, the R or the D or the I. Can we agree that people come before politics? Listen, whether it's this person or, or this guy or this lady, listen, they're not the solution. The Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation. And look, these people, these politicians, maybe with the best intentions, they can't do what they're promising. Maybe because they just want to vote or maybe because, you know, actually when you become a president, you actually have to go through, you know, Congress and they can't do what they want to do. So can we agree not to get mad at one another? Can we agree to love Jesus? Can we agree that he's the most important thing? And can we agree not to be blasting people on Facebook? Come on. Most of us in here don't even really know the issues. Just getting mad. And our background a lot of times dictates our position. Listen, it's about Jesus. And we want, listen, we want godly people, but it's about Him. Amen? Let's look at people the correct way. Let's love people. Let's see people the way God sees them. Let's stop and talk to people. Let's help people while we can. Amen? Amen.
Listen, as we close, check it out. There's some good things in this story. To recap, I believe that God is telling us to trust him, to understand that he's in control. Even though it may not look like we want it to or like we thought it was, we can trust him. I believe that God is telling maybe some of us in here that we need to leave an environment that's causing us to compromise. I believe God's telling some of us we need to see people differently. We need to love people. We need to help people. We need to be givers. Ultimately, I believe this whole message was about faith. God wants to increase our faith. We can trust him. Amen. I want you to stay on your feet real fast. And I'm just going to pray a prayer over us. And if my prayer team can come up really quick, don't check out for the next minute. Listen, let's inwardly look at ourselves. What is God saying to me? Do I need to trust him more? Do I need to get out of a situation? Do I need to love people? Maybe you're in this place and you are running low on faith or peace or joy. Can we believe today that God is just going to fill us with those things? Can we believe today if there's some areas in our life that are just not good that God's going to make them better? Can we believe today that we're going to put our whole faith in Him? Listen, let's pray. Let's just all throw our hands up. God, we love you. We bless you. We need you. I pray for my friends today. Lord, I pray faith. We'd have faith in you, not just in one area, but every area. God, I pray today we would trust you even when we don't understand which way you're going. We trust the one leading us. God, I pray today that if there's an environment we need to get out of, we would get out of it and we would know that you've got our back. Lord, finally, let us see people correctly. Let us love people like you love them. And God, let us live for you and become better followers. In Jesus' name, bless your people. Amen. Amen. I want to ask you one. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Great word this morning. Encourage us, challenge us. I want to ask you one question before you go. You know, I said this scripture earlier where Jesus said, I am the light. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. I want to ask you a question. Are you following him? I mean, have you ever surrendered your life? The other question would be, are you 100% sure if you died, you'd go to heaven? And if you're not sure, today I encourage you to invite Christ into your life. Well, how do you do that? Well, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a minute. By raising your hand, you're saying, I want to ask Christ into my life. And we'll just say a short prayer with you. Or maybe you've gotten off course and you're not really following him. And I'm not concerned how close you are to Jesus or even going his direction. And you know if you are or not. And if you're not, today's the day to get things right with God. You could have come here today, and I feel this pretty strong. There's some people here feel like giving up. I mean, really giving up on life. And I'm telling you, Jesus can give you hope. And you could be here and just, you really need a miracle in your life. You need a change in your life. You kind of, you keep trying to fall in, but there's never been a change. And today you need to surrender. So on the count of three, if you need to get right with God, if you need to uh, ask Him in your life for the first time or get back on track, just hold your hand up so we can pray for you. One, two, three. Any hands going up over this place? I see your hand. Anybody else? Need to get right with God. See your hand back there. Your hand. Your hand. Anybody else? I need to get right with God. I need to get back on track. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. When Pastor Nick starts singing, we're going to sing through one more time. If you raise your hand, meet Pastor Travis and myself over there at that cross. We're going to say a prayer with you. If you have prayer for anything else, come and let this prayer team agree with you. Amen. Good weekend. Grab some of those invites. Don't leave one left. And go invite people for this next week. And we'll have a volunteers meeting in the Connect Cafe afterwards. If you've already been to one of them, you don't need to come to this one. But come to the cross. You that raised your hand, give them a hand clap as they come today. Thank you, Jesus, just as I am, I come.
Our prayer team is going to remain around front. Hey, they'll be happy to pray with you about anything. And we look forward to seeing you next week. You're dismissed. Hey, and if you have a chance tonight, come out to prayer at 6 o'clock. 